Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. This is Politico Energy. I'm Josh Siegel. On Thursday, the Supreme Court issued a major ruling that significantly reduced the Environmental Protection Agency's ability to regulate wetlands under the Clean Water Act. The decision from the court in Sackett versus the Environmental Protection Agency is a major win for various industries like mining, oil and gas, and home building. But it's also a direct blow to the Biden administration, which made a big effort this year to restore protections to millions of acres of wetlands. So today, Politico's Annie Snyder breaks down the details of this ruling and the implications for the nation's wetlands and President Joe Biden. It's Friday, May 26th. So this was a blockbuster ruling that came out on Thursday. It dramatically shrinks the scope of Clean Water Act protections. What the majority of the court ruled, the court's conservative wing ruled, was that in order for a wetland to get federal protection under the Clean Water Act, it needs to have a continuous surface water connection to lakes, rivers, streams that are protected under the law. And that is a massive change from the way that this law has been implemented for the past 50 years. And it's hugely consequential both for industries that fall under Clean Water Act regulations and for the health of the environment. For industry, Clean Water Act permitting is one of the most complicated, time-consuming, expensive processes that you have to go through if you're going to build like housing development or a coal mine or a pipeline. On the environmental side, wetlands are hugely important. Not only do they provide habitat, but they serve as pollution filters, soaking up floodwaters to help with flooding. They're hugely consequential, and the country has already lost the vast majority of its wetlands. And so the remaining ones are all the more important in serving those purposes. Right. And so remind us, what were some of the particulars of the dispute in this case, and what was it centered on? Yeah, this was a long-running case brought by an Idaho couple that had bought a piece of property, gosh, I think 16 years ago, hoping to build their dream home on it. It's near Priest Lake in Idaho, and they have been tangling with EPA and the Army Corps of Engineers for 16 years trying to argue that it shouldn't be subject to Clean Water Act regulation. And they had actually been to the Supreme Court once before on a more technical issue, and then on Thursday, they won big. They won the heart of their case. Now, the specifics of that particular patch of wetlands is what led us to technically a unanimous ruling in this case, but that is misleading. What we actually saw from the court here was effectively a 5-4 decision with the five conservative justices on one side and the court's liberals plus Justice Kavanaugh lining up on the other side when it came to what this test writ large, not just for the one patch of wetlands at issue in this case, but when it comes to the test that ought to govern wetlands across the country. Got it. And so let's get into the implications of this ruling now. What are the practical on the ground implications and the effect it would have on the nation's wetlands potentially? Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of that we're going to have to wait and see. A lot of this is going to have to be worked out by lower courts. You know, the crux of what the court was trying to do here was to create a bright line test that would allow a landowner to go out on their piece of property and know whether or not they have protected streams and wetlands on their property, know whether they need to get a federal Clean Water Act permit in order to do something that would impact the streams and wetlands. So they've tried to do that here when it comes to wetlands, and we're going to have to see how the agencies implement it as to whether or not they've actually 
achieve that bright line test. But there are some major questions about what this means for things sort of beyond filling in a wetland. You know, a lot of the political debate on this topic has had to do with the part of the Clean Water Act that requires you to get a permit to fill in a stream or wetland for building a road or a housing development or an oil pad or the like. But that same definition that tells you if your stream or wetland is covered by those provisions of the Clean Water Act, that same definition is what applies to other areas of the Clean Water Act, like penalties if you spill oil or a chemical into a wetland that can then make its way through flow to a downstream city's drinking water supply, or discharge permits if you've got a wastewater treatment plant or a factory that's discharging pollution directly into a stream and wetland. They only have to get a permit for that pollution if the stream or wetland that they're discharging into is covered by the Clean Water Act. And so this ruling could have major implications for the EPA and the federal government's ability to control that type of pollution going forward. And I think we're going to have to see how the agency deals with that and also what some lower courts might have to say on the topic. Wow. And so this ruling deals a major blow to the Biden administration's regulatory efforts. The administration earlier this year finalized a rule to cement broad protections for wetlands. So now that regulation has to be reworked, right? So what are you watching for now from the administration? Yeah, so we've seen what's been described as regulatory whiplash in recent years where different administrations, the Obama administration, then the Trump administration, then the Biden administration have issued regulations trying to define the scope of the Clean Water Act. Now we've got the Supreme Court giving guidance about what exactly that scope should be. So the regulation that the Biden administration finalized in January is going to have to be looked at in the context of this ruling. Now, you've got to keep in mind that the Supreme Court had already taken, had already argued this case at the time that that regulation was finalized. So it's no surprise to the Biden EPA that we've got a ruling here. And so I think that that rule was written in some ways to give the agency options. We might see the agency try and defend parts of that regulation. But EPA has also said that it is going to be working on a second rule on this topic and has already queued up work on that. They had said months ago that they would be proposing it this fall. And so they've given themselves another avenue for addressing the Supreme Court's opinion here. So we're going to have to see what they do both on that kind of overarching regulation, but like I said, also on some of these other topics, like are you going to have people suddenly saying, I don't need a discharge permit for the pollution that I'm discharging? That's something that they could address through both through regulation or through enforcement guidance. Also, on Thursday, the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration projected a near-normal Atlantic hurricane season, but officials cautioned unusually high sea surface temperatures and unlikely El Nino complicate the forecast. NOAA said that hurricane season, which runs from June through November, could bring between 12 and 17 named storms. Five to nine of those storms could become hurricanes, with one to four hitting Category 3 or higher. El Nino events are also forecasted to likely return this season, characterized by warm weather and stormy conditions over the Pacific Ocean. They generally take place every two to seven years. For more news on energy and the environment, subscribe to our free newsletter at politico.com slash power switch. And subscribe to Politico Pro to read our morning energy newsletter. Some of music in today's show was composed by the mysterious Breakmaster Cylinder. Nirma Malaykel is the podcast producer. Jenny Ament is the executive producer of audio at Politico. Our editors are Matt Daly and Gloria Gonzalez. I'm Josh Siegel, and we'll see you back on Tuesday. Support for this program is provided by Chevron, the human energy company. Chevron is developing renewable diesel made with biofeedstock 
that can help reduce the life cycle carbon emissions of heavy-duty transport fuels today. Learn more at chevron.com.